Welcome to the Eco News Report. I'm your host this week, Tom Wheeler, Executive Director of the Environmental Protection Information Center, or as we are better known in these parts, EPIC. And joining me is Delia Benz Kang of the Humboldt Surfrider chapter. Hey, Delia. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Good, good, good. And we are also joined by Caroline Griffith, Executive Director of the North Coast Environmental Center. Hey, Caroline. Hi there. And we're joined by Jen Colt, Director of Humble Baykeeper. Hey, Jen. Hey, everybody. So before we get to today's show, which is about wastewater treatment, which I guarantee you will be more exciting than, than that might sound, Jen, there is some Humble Bay Symposium going on. Uh, let, let's get a plug in for this cool event. Yeah, sounds good, Tom. So September 28th, 29th, and 30th, the Humboldt Bay Symposium this year, 2021, September 28th to 30th. And it's online, of course, given what's happening in our county these days. And it's free. You need to register. It's going to be really cool. Very interesting. The, the theme of it is sustainable blue economy. You can read more about it, but there are going to be lots of presentations and question and answer sessions with local experts, scientists, land managers, all focusing on Humble Bay. So, you know, I am super excited about it. And I'm going to actually be giving a short spiel about a project Baykeeper's working on to address dioxin contaminated sites around the bay before they get flooded and sea level and groundwater rises and floods and erodes and, and moves that contamination around the bay. But there will be lots of different talks about restoration, eelgrass, fisheries, all kinds of bay-related stuff. So we'll put the link in the show notes but you can find it on the internet as well if you just Google 2021 Humboldt Bay Symposium. And it's the first the first link if you Google that. But yeah, show notes on lostcoastoutpost.com or you can download this as a podcast and they'll be in the show notes of our podcast too. So find us on your favorite podcast app and give us a bunch of stars so that people will will discover us by chance. All right, Humble Bay Symposium. Sounds pretty cool. Get to hear Jen Colt speak. Go attend. All right, so let's get to the meat of today's show. And we're also talking about Humble Bay. And we're talking about the City of Eureka's wastewater treatment facility and ongoing problems with the treatment facility and some silly attempts by the city to kind of get around what they should be doing in the first place, which is discharging out into the ocean and not back into Humboldt Bay, right? So, Jen, let's walk through the history and background for this wastewater treatment plant. Where is this thing and what does it treat here? Well, the wastewater treatment plant is near the mouth of the Elk River. So if you walk on the Hekshari Trail much, you will have walked by it. It's a kind of at the end of Hillficker Road where it ends at the Bay waterfront. And the wastewater treatment plant is quite old. I believe it was built in the 1980s. So it's really not up to the job that we require of our wastewater treatment plants these days. And it, it basically treats all the sewage and, and 
all the water that goes down the drain in households in the city of Eureka and outlying areas like Cutton, the communities that are served by the Humboldt Community Service District, their wastewater goes to that plant as well. So if you've ever heard of the Martin Slough Interceptor, for example, there's all these pipes going all over different parts of Eureka in this very circuitous sort of way because some of them are very old and then they pump in different directions that don't entirely make sense, but they all end up there at the Elk River Wastewater Treatment Facility, it's called, down by the Elk River. All right. And Delia, I understand it that surfers enjoy a surf break near here called Stinky Beach. Tell tell us about Stinky Beach and why it is so named. For sure. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for exposing a, quote, secret spot at Stinky's Beach. <laughs> I don't think I will. Yeah, there is a surf spot there. It's right across the Elk River Slough. There's like a little peninsula that sticks out. And when our swells get really big in the winter, there actually is a wave that makes it into the bay right there. And it's kind of what we call a novelty wave. It's about waist high, pretty small, but it creates a perfect spot for beginners or families or anyone. I can go out there myself and in the winter can be the only option sometimes. We call it stinkies because surfers are simple-minded people sometimes. <laughs> I was like, oh, what do we call this place? Well, it smells, so <laughs> why don't we call it stinkies? It's right across from the wastewater treatment plant which was not the greatest name for a place. And it really does, it really does stink. And now we, we know that might be for a pretty bad reason. And it is a concerning one when lots of people are out there. Sometimes there can be 40 people out in one day in the winter. So yeah, there you have it. Stinkies. Stinkies. <laughs> I suspect it actually may have originally got its name from the Eureka Tallow Works which used to be right right there. For those of you who don't know what a teleworks is, it's a place where people take livestock, either carcasses or what they would consider no longer useful. Like when you think of people saying, sending the horse to the glue factory. So it would process all these carcasses and, and whatnot. And it shut down in the, I believe in the late 90s. And it was horrendous. If you think the way sort of treatment plant smells bad, woo-wee. And we also had the pulp factories going too. So a time when Eureka was yes. very, very stinky from the cumulative <laughs> effect of, of all of these together. So still named Stinkies, even if it is a, a bit less stinky today. So Jen, what is, what, what's the problem with this wastewater treatment plant? Well, the problem is that it discharges into the bay off the mouth of the Elk River there. If you've ever been out there, you'll see this vertical standpipe, a big black pipe that's maybe, I don't know how tall it is, five feet tall or so. I think that's like a basically an air vent for that drain, that discharge pipe. So it discharges into the bay, and it was originally thought to be okay because it was discharging out on an outgoing tide and it was near the mouth and it would carry the the treated wastewater out into the ocean. But then in 2014, a consultant from the San Francisco Bay Area did a study that found that in some circumstances, more than 90% of the treated wastewater stays in Humboldt Bay. 
So in 2016, the Water Board, which is the state agency that issues permits for wastewater treatment plants and other water polluters, dischargers, issued a cease and desist order to the city of Eureka requiring that they move to an ocean discharge by 2030. And so presumably that would be to the ocean discharge pipe that was associated with the former pulp mill that will also be used by the Samoa Wastewater Treatment Plant and Nordic Aqua Farms. So that was 2016, cease and desist order. In the recent few years here, the city and the water board have apparently been in negotiations to, instead of moving to the ocean discharge, exempt the facility from the state policy that protects enclosed bays and estuaries and hopefully upgrade it massively so that it's polluting less. So let's go back because this, this might be kind of obvious, but why is it bad to discharge into the bay and have this wastewater in our bay because it, it's treated to some degree, right? So what's, what's the problem here? It's treated to some degree. That's exactly the problem. So these, these old facilities, like the one in Arcata, is, is similar, although they're going to be doing a $65 million upgrade to that plant. They don't fully treat the wastewater. They're what we call secondary treatment systems, if people know what that is. And so a lot of contaminants make it through that treatment process. So one of the things that the water board is focused on is ammonia. So ammonia is one of the forms of nitrogen or nutrients that exacerbate toxic algae and other algae growth. And as aquatic species have continued to suffer under our Clean Water Act regulations that have been in place for decades now, and still more and more water bodies are are designated as polluted, far too polluted to support aquatic life every year that goes by, basically. So the water board is trying to upgrade these standards over time. And it's expensive, but I mean, basically dumping your toilet into a water body that people eat oysters and fish out of is not a great idea, but it's what we got. Kind kind of gross. Yeah. It is super gross, but it's what we got. It's I think the thing that's like most notable to me about this is discovered in 2016 and a cease and desist order was issued and it is now 2021. And that this is the first that a lot of people who are recreating in this bay are hearing about this and that there really hasn't been. It seems to me like this should be big news and we, it should have been big news five years ago. So has anything been done in the interim to mitigate this or is the city doing the exact same thing? To get that exemption. There have been some things done and the water board laid out in that cease and desist order a whole bunch of steps that the city needed to take while it was studying moving to an ocean discharge. They have done some of those things. There's a whole schedule with deadlines and stuff. So it's not as if they have done nothing, but the ultimate goal of moving to the ocean discharge, the city seems to have taken a U-turn and gone back to, no, 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 we want to keep discharging into the bay and we'll just figure out how to improve the water quality of the discharge later. And this is kind of modeled after what the city of Arcata did. And in fact, 
as far as I can tell, the only precedent really for this exemption to discharge into a bay like like Humboldt Bay is in the city of Arcata back when the Arcata Marsh was built. Mm-hmm. So the Arcata Marsh, actually in the rest of California, what they're going to is recycling the water and using it for groundwater recharge, basically spreading it out in areas where there's groundwater basins that are drying up and other uses of recycled water. I mean, you can actually recycle water to the point where you can drink it. Anyway, so the plan is to negotiate in the future to figure out how they're going to improve the water quality. But right now, all they're proposing to do is build an interpretive center maybe someday in the future, which would be great, but it won't do anything for water quality, you know. But the other thing is they're relying on this restoration project nearby and upstream that actually has nothing to do with the wastewater treatment plant where it's discharge and was approved, I think, in 2017, never even mentioned the sewer discharge. But they're saying, well, that's going to be good for water quality. So we'll just tie these things together and hope for the best. I don't know. It's really hard to know because the city has not been very transparent about this whole situation. I I was looking at the city's website before this, just remembering that one of the first city council meetings I ever went to, they were talking about raising rates for water and sewer quite a bit because there was such a backlog of maintenance and that there was a lot of infrastructure that needed to be fixed at the at the sewage treatment plant. And this would facilitate that by raising money to do so. And it was pretty kind of vague what that was. And so I was hoping to find out more on the city's website. And it really is remarkable how little information you can find about the sewage treatment plant. But they do have a under sewer, their wastewater facilities plan update, which does mention multiple times that they need to upgrade so that they don't face fines from the state. But it's very vague about what that is. And it is it is remarkable how little the city has publicized this, which seems like a public health issue. You're listening to the Eco News Report. We're talking about the city of Eureka's wastewater treatment plant. Jen, can you talk a little bit about about that public health issue, in particular the coronavirus? Because I know that a lot of the, the research into coronavirus spread in communities is coming from studying wastewater. Is the coronavirus, would it be possible in the kind of the worst case, grossest scenario for, for something like that to spread or other viruses to spread via the wastewater stream? You know, I looked into that quite a bit because I was concerned, especially after we learned that the city of Eureka's untreated sewage has some of the highest concentrations of the coronavirus in the U.S., It turns out that some viruses can get through the treatment system at a wastewater treatment plant, but not the coronavirus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And that's why it said that if you wash your hands and, and use soap, you can easily deactivate that virus. Other viruses, there's one called cryptosporidium in particular that comes in a in a sort of a cyst-like capsule, and it can survive all kinds of rough treatment. So there are some viruses that can make it through and out into the bay, but not not the SARS-CoV-2 or the virus that causes COVID-19. So let's let's talk about this alternative that the city is trying to get through because this is this is a bit galling. So they 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 don't want to change their outflow. They they hope that in the future they'll be able to improve 
the effluent quality from the wastewater treatment plant? And then what is this other bit that they're trying to to pay for in lieu of, you know, doing other improvements? Well, there's this quite large Russian project that is being planned and has already been approved as far as all the permitting and whatnot at the mouth, near the mouth of the Elk River, but it's it's up closer to the highway. So if you know where the railroad bridge is, where people go out to the Elk River spit, it's in that area. And so it would be upstream and, and not even really nearby the discharge for the wastewater treatment facility, which is quite a ways out into the bay. But it's not fully funded yet. And so it appears that the city has hired its consultants to do some after-the-fact reporting saying that, well, this would benefit water quality and we're going to build a boat launch, which will be good too, because one of the uses of the bay is boating and people can have more access to the bay through a boat because we're building a boat launch as part of that project, which is all great. And Humboldt Baykeeper supports that project, still supports that project and the boat launch. It's going to be great. It just has no impact on the water quality. I mean, what the city needs to do is massively upgrade the wastewater treatment system. Yes, of course, it would be pretty expensive to build a whole new system of pipelines to get the sewage out to the treated wastewater out to the ocean outfall in Samoa to discharge it. But the water board has said that the upgrades they're going to need to continue to discharge into the bay are going to be very expensive. And it's that plant is also fairly close to sea level now. And so how much, how many millions of dollars do we really want to put into a, a wastewater treatment system that may be underwater in 30 years Hard to know. I looked exactly at the projections for that area, but we know it's coming. It's just a matter of time. So what are your asks of, of the city here? What, what do you want the, the city to do, stated another way? Well, Humble Baykeeper is calling on the city and the regional water board to do really some meaningful public outreach here. It would include Outreach to the surfing community, also people who harvest shellfish. There's a lot of people who harvest clams right at the mouth of the Elk River. And the regional water board was not aware of that, even though, I mean, people who live in Eureka, you see, you see people harvesting clams pretty, pretty often down there and in other parts of the bay. The oyster farmers in North Bay are definitely people who should be informed. And and there's reasons that we require all this public input and stakeholder input in California, and that is to make a better project. A lot of times people use that process to try to stop projects they don't like, but the way environmentalists typically use it is to address impacts that need to be mitigated in CEQA talk or California Environmental Quality Act jargon. We're just trying to lessen those impacts by addressing them. And you can't address them if you don't even know they exist. So if you don't know that there's five times the level of clam harvesting happening in Humboldt Bay relative to the rest of California, you're not going to address that as part of your project. And so what we're asking is that 
Not just that the city and the regional water board hold public workshops to tell us what they're doing, but also to help the public understand what's the problem, what needs to be done, but also to listen to people's concerns and try to figure out a way to address them. And the city of Arcata did a very robust process around their wastewater treatment upgrade process. And they worked out a lot of the issues in many, many meetings. And so we know it can be done. <laughs> Doing it behind closed doors, though, it's not going to result in the in the best outcome. Also, that's the ratepayers deserve to know about this. And the Humboldt Community Service District manager has been pretty upset about the lack of information flowing to him, let alone their input in the process, even though they're going to pay for a third of anything that gets done at this treatment plant. Yeah, I can add on to that a little bit. I mean, I think there's, what is it, seven criteria you have to meet to qualify for this exemption. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure what the exact number was, but I think the city's only meeting a few of those currently. And so we want to make sure that they're actually qualifying for an exemption or doing whatever they need to do to meet those requirements. And as Jen mentioned, one of those is the beneficial uses. So that's including surfing, swimming, shellfish harvesting. Yeah. When we've gone over these things, no one seemed to know that that was even a thing. So that's why it's important to have these public meetings and let everyone know. That brings up a really good point though, Delia, that like, By having this transparent public process, the city could actually come up with better ideas of how they could meet those criteria for an exemption. I mean, it's in in their best interest in a lot of different ways to make this a process that involves people so that they actually really know know those uses and know how they can benefit them. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's why we have these processes in place. And as you mentioned earlier, this has been a really long overdue thing, so... That's why I want to make sure it doesn't get delayed any further. If anyone wants to take action and to try to encourage the city or the to do the right thing voluntarily or to encourage the water board to make the city do the right thing and have a robust public engagement process, what what can they do? What are you encouraging folks to do? Well, that's a really good question because this whole situation has been postponed and we don't know how long it's been postponed at this point. It was supposed to be, exemption itself was going to be on an agenda over the summer and it's been postponed twice now. So I guess the main thing is asking your city council members in Eureka to be more transparent and, and, and hold a public meeting to inform the public and the various users of Humboldt Bay and the ratepayers and everyone who's going to be impacted by this decision to inform and also to listen. So that brings up a, an interesting point. To, to what degree is this strategy been developed by the Eureka City Council? And what degree is this kind of staff riffing and trying to come up with a solution to a problem? Is, is this where, where does this problem lie, I guess, is the question. Well, it's pretty impossible for us to know that since it has not been discussed at public meetings that I'm aware of. So I, I guess if it hasn't been discussed at public meetings, then it's not the city council because they can only kind of communicate 
via <laughs> via these public meetings, right? Per the Brown Act and give direction. That's true. I I can't claim to have been at or read every city council agenda. They they could have covered it in some obscure, you know, they have these special study sessions on on infrastructure and the budget and all these things and it's not apparent to me who's driving the bus here and or who's not even knowing that there is a bus. <laughs> Well, and I think looking at this very vague PowerPoint presentation that I found on the city's website under their wastewater treatment update plan, 2010 to 2030, it could be that they have discussed it in very general and vague terms where even even the council doesn't really know what they're talking about. I would like to add something, too, that's a big, big part of this whole puzzle, which is I mentioned that the city of Arcata is the precedent for this. And a lot of listeners hopefully know what the McDaniel Slough Restoration Project is, and that is a big part of this effort. And the reason that it actually is connected to the wastewater treatment upgrades in Arcata is that they're moving the discharge point to within that brackish marsh that was created a part of that. And the restoration project created brackish marsh out of was this massive pasture that was previously part of Humboldt Bay Tidelands. And that's what the city of Eureka is proposing as well, but they are not proposing to move or do anything to change the discharge from the wastewater treatment system, which is way out in Humboldt Bay, like Arcata is going to do. They're going to discharge it so that it gets more diluted in that brackish zone before it flushes out into the bay. So that's a that's a really different situation. Is there anything else anyone wants to add to the end of this show? I wish we had more concrete action for people to take, but because this whole process is really in limbo, we just, all we can say at this point is ask your city council members in Eureka to be more transparent, hold a public meeting, and not just a meeting where we get told what they're doing, but one where we actually can have some meaningful input and, you know, back and forth. That would be really helpful to inform people what's going on. Yeah. And also, you know, you can always follow Humboldt Surfrider and Humboldt Baykeeper and we're tracking this. And so if there, if we do hear of a public meeting and an opportunity to send a message to council members or the water board or whoever it is, we'll try to make that as easy as possible for people so that, you can't take action, but yeah, I was just saying, you know, you can always just simply reach out to the city council or any of your elected officials for that matter and, and voice your opinion. All right. So check out humboldt.surfrider.org to find Humboldt Surfrider and go to humboldtbaykeeper.org to, to find more from Humboldt Baykeeper and sign up for action alerts and their emails and you'll, you'll be kept in touch. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. And and thank you for listening to another episode of the Eco News Report. Join us next week on this time and channel for more environmental news from the North Coast of California.